What is up with it, Panther Nation? This is your sports editor, Daniel Stackhouse, coming to you from the Panther Pit for episode three of our sports podcast. This week, I'm joined by two of our fledging sports writers. I'm joined with Kylie Wettstein. Hey. And Abby Carter. Hey. How are y'all doing today? You ready to talk about some sports? Yes. <laughs> Let's get right into it. We are going to start with cross country. For those who don't know, two weeks ago, Panthers ran in the Region 2 5A state meet two weeks ago. And for those who still aren't aware, the varsity boys won overall with 45 points and a 17.06 minute average. Colton Olvey won first overall with a time of 16 minutes, 9 sec- 9.23 seconds, or 33 seconds. I'm sorry about that. And in sixth place, Colby Smith, another senior with 17 minutes flat, 0.32 seconds. And then in third place, 10th place, Denver, Denver Oats with 17 minutes, 15.69 seconds. All of our top five runners place anywhere from 17th place or lower. And in, on the girls' side, they got second only to McIntosh, and we'll get to that in a second. However, they scored 45 points with a 21 minutes and 5 second average. Darby Olive won the race first overall with a time of 19 minutes, 34 19 minutes, 34 seconds, and 0.0 milliseconds, or 0.07 milliseconds, I apologize about that. And sixth place was Allie Walker with 20 minutes and 29.94 seconds. And 11th was our very own editor-in-chief, Mary Jane Gagliano, with a time of 21 minutes and 25.07 seconds. All of our top five placed in the top 15. You would think that that would be the, the, winning, the winning formula. However, McIntosh had all of their top five placing anywhere from second to seventh place. And that's 21 points with a 20 minutes and 10 second average. And for those, for those curious about the JV boys and girls side, both of them won their meet as well. Real quick, let's talk about this core because there's, this, there's been this whole talk about, you know, cross country being a bit of a family and everybody everybody contributing in some way and everybody being able to develop but however in the region and state point we are we are at crunch time that's the time where you know the best of the best are going to rise up and in this case it's usually seniors and we see that and we have five of the top five of the top six on each on boys and girls are seniors Colton's a senior Colby's a senior, Darby's a senior, Allie's a senior, and MJ's a senior. Denver, I'm pretty sure, is a sophomore, if I make it correct, if I understand correctly. Abby, you did talk to Coach Rock, so so what do you kind of what do you what do you see from this? What do you see of this strong performance from this cross country team? I think it really is all about how they connect with each other and make themselves into a team instead of just one person. They have a bunch of little rituals they do that really um, help bring them together and they work together and I think that shows in their results. And you're absolutely right that it paid off for them this time, but this week they're heading to Carrollton and from what MJ got from Mary Jane has said, this is the toughest course in all of Georgia high school cross country. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how they fare. They are gonna be, both boys and girls are running their state meet this Saturday. So to the state team, we we wish you luck. Next up is volleyball, and we kind of have a bit of an interesting, uh, interesting thing to talk about with volleyball, especially Kylie, because you've been covering them through their final few weeks, weeks of region play. So, for what you've seen, they they kind of struggled a little bit. So, why don't you lead us off? Just kind of tell me what were you seeing in the final weeks of region play, and what do you think 
they what do you think the expectation how they were looking before they entered into the region tournament um they're definitely when I first started covering volleyball they definitely struggled with the energy and the excitement on the court and I know I've talked to coach about that several times and but they've gotten much better towards the end of the season and towards the their last few games and they've also struggled with their serve receive and we've talked to a few of the players about that and they keep telling us it's one of the most important plays and they did improve on that towards the end of the season as well. So do you believe they had a chip on their shoulder and with all the things they knew they could have done going into the tournament? Um, I don't know. I think they really gave it all they've got. And especially towards the end of the season, they just did not want their season to be over. So their motivation was very high. And I talked to a few of the seniors and they said they just did not want this to be their last game. And I was actually there at the region tournament. They entered they entered that with a one and six region record, and they entered as a six out of seven seeds, which meant that they had a huge mountain to climb. They started with Northside, one to beat them two one, and then lost two one against Whitewater. So they had to play against Northgate Northgate in a winner take all for a playoff spot, and they end up taking. For what I've seen, they took that momentum. They they took the momentum and they took that chip on their shoulder that I believe that they had, and they ran with it. They really just controlled that entire game. And by the time that Northgate had wanted, finally felt like they had some to, they had to do something to get back in control of the game. It was too late. They had already Stars Mill had scored enough points, and that was basically it for them. And so then they won, and then they end up losing against Northside 3-2, to two, and they end up getting the fourth seed. And that is genuinely impressive. So, Kylie, tell me, tell me how, what do you think about them, look, them on paper looking like one of the weaker teams in the region, but ending up making the playoffs over some of these teams? I th- we have a very strong team, and um, I don't know. Our, we play really hard, and... I see that in a lot of our players. And they work really well as a team together. And they put in a lot of effort. I think it's really interesting to note about the region we played. And you've seen some of those games, so tell me about tell me about the competition we've had to face within the region. Um, Whitewater was definitely a tough game for us. Um, but our region games, they were tough games. All of them were. And I know I went to a few Macintosh games, and those were very close and we I believe we lost against Macintosh no we, we lost oh yeah yeah but um but yeah all the region games were extremely close but we played hard and we gave it all we got and they ended up getting the last that big push they needed and they kind of coasted on momentum for a little bit in the in the first round of the playoffs so Kylie if you want to take us through their if you want to take us through their playoff run I'll, I I give you the floor. So we won a playoff game against Woodward, three to one, and then we won our next game against Eagles Landing, also three to one, and then our ending game was against St. Pius, and we won or we lost zero to three. But I know that they did give it all they've got, and they really did push for that win. You know, I actually talked a little bit to Coach Flowers and with and about everything from the region tournament to the playoffs, and here's what he had to say. 
first of all, you guys came in the sixth seed in the region. Was there some underdog mentality there that helped keep you guys going there? I think so. I think that we, we knew that we hadn't played our best um, in those region matches, and we knew that we were a better team than, than we had shown. So I think we, we had a confidence that um, you know, we could, if we got things together, we could, we could do a lot better than, than they had seen us play. And so I think that helped us with um, you know, being able to come out um, the second time around in the tournament and uh, be able to um, succeed. And talk about, and going further on that, talk to me about going 2-2 two and two and, and, more importantly, clinching your spot in the playoffs. Yeah, we, we won when we needed to. Um, I think that uh, we were really close in the Whitewater match, which could have put us in the um, one or two spot. Uh, we lost that one, I think, 15-13 in the third set. So um, we knew that we were playing really well against good teams. And, um, you know, I, I think that, what we were able to do showed what we, how good we were as a team, but you know just fell one or two points short of, of getting to that one or two spot. But um, even being in the in the fourth spot, we were able to you know still succeed in the state tournament as well. And talk to me about that as well about flowing as it flowing without momentum, even despite being a four seed, being able to work y'all work y'all's way into the elite eight. Well, I think that you know that just also shows the strength of our region. Um, you know, four of the six teams um, made it, or were well, six of the seven in the in the region were ranked in the top ten all year, and then um, in the final eight, all four of our teams were there. Um, so four out of the final eight were from our region as well. So um, I think that you know region was tough, and I think that prepared us for state because we had had good competition all year, and so um, that helped us play at a higher level. Um, once we went against teams that um, might not have had that tough of a season or tough competition in their in their region. And walk walk me through uh, last night just and what happened. Yeah, first set we um, we struggled, we got off to a slow start, so they they got out ahead, um, and you know we fought back a little bit in the middle, but um, they ended up you know winning that one twenty five fifteen. But um, the next two sets we were in there um, point for point, um, just missed a few serves or. Um, you know, had a few mistakes that um, cost us, but you know, in the third set, even we were ahead um, two or three points throughout the whole set. Um, it, they finally tied it up at 23 and then scored two to finish it. But I felt like if we could have gotten either one of those sets, I think it, you know, either we would have won the match or at least gone to five. Um, but I felt like, uh, you know, they were, I think going into it, some of the players maybe have thought, you know, for sure that this would be the end of the season. But I think by the time we got halfway through that second set, I think they had a feeling and believed that we could we could possibly win. So, and with the fact that this team really never, really from the region region onward, that they never really gave up. They kept on fighting. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean to eat despite going going out earlier than usual? Which, <laughs> actually, saying that going out alert, saying going out elite eight earlier than usual is. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing for the program to be able to say that. So. But just kind of tell me what it means to be able to fight through the adversity you guys had to go through. Yeah, I think that, I mean, in the, in the region tournament in Northside, we were down. Uh, we lost the first set, came back and won it in three. And I think that was the first time that we kind of overcame that, that adversity. You know, previously, earlier in the season, we either were down or, um, you know, had a big lead and then lost the lead and ended up losing the match. And so when we were able to do that against Northside, I think that sort of, um, gave them the belief that they could they could come back and and we played a lot of matches where we came back from from being down to to win them so I think that that you know showed that they were they didn't want to quit and even 
St. Pius last night. You know, we lost that first one. Um, I won't say badly, but we lost. Um, you know, could definitely knew we needed to play better. But um, you know, they could have easily given up after that first one, and they they definitely didn't. And even after losing the second one, you know, you're down two zero, but they didn't give up and, and almost won the third one. So. And finally, my last question is, how do you feel about this senior class and what they've been able to contribute to Panther Volleyball? Well, I think they've been great. I think that, um, you know, two of them were move-ins as juniors, um, so they were only here for two years. Um, But in those two years, they accomplished a lot. Um, And I think that, um, you know, their their leadership and their um, skills are definitely going to be missed next year. So I think all things considered, he was very happy with the fact that they really never let up, and I would be too. Like, they they had a mountain to climb, and they... And ending at the Elite Eight is, with the way things started, that's a really big deal. And just to kind of, like, get some just to kind of get some stats out there, look, we got some stats here. Um, Nicole Smith, uh, Jr., led, with, led the team with an average of 3.6 kills per set. That is absolutely insane. If I'm not mistaken, she had, like, a, like 200 to 300 kills on average for the season. That is ridiculous. She led the team in those numbers, and she's been able to play. She's always been able to play really well, and, I mean, those number, numbers don't lie. She's able to get those kills when she needs them. And we also got Luna Wan following up shortly with 2.6. Luna is a phenomenal player, and she is a senior, so we won't be seeing her again, but the contributions she's made have been incredible, and I'm very I'm very happy that she's been able to contribute as much to as, as she has. And so we have a lot of attack attempts across the team. We've got Nicole Smith and Luna Wan with 940 attack attempts and 709 respectively. And then you also have other senior Grace Ramkistoon. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, Grace, with 599. And Nicole, Nicole Smith's sister, Freshman Carrie Smith with 314 attempts. So they had a lot of. If there's any trend, um, I don't know if you'd agree with this or not, Kylie. But their strength, the volleyball team's strength was in the offense. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. And they kept. They knew how to score, but I. I also will argue on the fact that maybe it's just like their defensive suck. Their defense needs some work, and that was kind of their Achilles heel. But what would you say? From what you've seen, what would you say? I mean, both our offense and defense are good. Um, I believe I've talked to Coach about it, and he said um, – I can't remember exactly what he said. But um, they, they just – in their last few games, they were scoring a lot of points, and then that just really kept their defense going. And it just, like, motivated them to do more and to do better. Many people will argue that the best defense, the best defense is a great offense, so it got them to the Elite Eight, so we got we to gotta give them props to that. So at that point, that is, the en- that is the end of the season. They are out, so there's nothing else to give. But we will mention that... McIntosh, uh, as bitter as a rival they may be to us, they fought hard and beat St. Pius 3-2, and they'll be taking on Blessed Trinity in the state final this weekend. So, McIntosh, if you're for some reason listening to us, we wish you luck. Um, Other than that, we would like to say that we would like to thank our seniors, Luna Wan, Ashley Mercure, Emily Knowles, Abby Gideon, and Rachel Rachel Thomas. Your contributions to Panther... Panther volleyball have been incredible. 
these guys have seen a state championship runner-up, they've seen a Final Four, and they've seen they've seen a lot of playoff action. They've done a lot to help to help push this program as best they can, and we got and I'm gonna give a round of applause to them because they deserve it. And now we're gonna move on to softball with this has been a crazy month, hasn't it, Abby? Almost definitely. <laughs> so I mean what you and I both have been seeing, because we kind of switched off around September what we were doing, because when I, because the last game I covered was really their lowest point. They didn't, it was, the Whitewater it was the Whitewater doubleheader. They got beat pretty bad in that, but they picked up. They picked up the pieces, they kept moving, and they won all but one game in the second, in the second half of the season. And that, and that led them to get the second seed so they could play Whitewater for the region championship. And you were there, so tell us about that. That Whitewater game, the our girls, they were not playing around. They they came there to get their revenge. They wanted they wanted to redeem themselves big time because Whitewater wiped out the floor with them pretty badly the first time they played them. But they definitely regained their title in the region championship. And then and that they did. They swept them, got got their revenge, and they won the region championship. First seed, and lucky for them, they also got they also got to round two off of a forfeit. You were at those you were at those two playoff games that they were at, that they played. So take us through that. What happened in those games? Which schools were those against? Uh, it was against Walnut. It was against Ola in the second round, which I'm pretty sure was a more tight one, and then Walnut Grove, which was a sweep. So take us through the Ola game. Um... That game, again, was very, that was insane. So we, we mercy ruled them the first game. And then everyone's hopes were up. Everyone was getting ready for the second game. We thought we were going to win. We put in Sarah Latham instead of Lily Backus for that second game. And Ola, Ola just got the head of us. They mercy ruled us. And um, it ended, I want to say, in the fourth inning. And, but we came back the next day, Friday, and it was a good game. Nobody got mercy ruled. Both teams were playing great, but Stars Mall just came out a little bit better. And then they really carried that momentum in the Walnut Grove set. So tell me about that real quick. I actually only attended the first um, game in the Walnut Grove, um, but it was a good game. Uh, we won. I want to say, oh goodness, we did win, um, and I think that was the game that Lily Backus got her 500 hits, or is uh, that the Ola? I cannot tell you that for sure. I have the statue right now, so I will tell you that for sure. Um, I think 500 strikeout is what you're trying to say. Yeah, 500 strikeout. That is an incredible that's an incredible milestone for her. We'll get back to Lily Backus in a second because we have some exciting news that just happened these past few days. But they did sweep Wano Grove. They got that momentum into the Final Four, and we have and real quick, um, they lost they lost to Jones County 2-0. They beat, but. That put them in a position that they really had to win, win or they're out. So, and they did. They beat Appalachian 1-0. And then they went to Whitewater, which they went to play Whitewater, which it's funny how, how competitive those teams were and the way that 
the way their rivalry worked out this season, it actually culminated in a 2v2 set up set count up to that point. And it's crazy that they were playing for the final to, for a final spot. And this time it was Stars Mill that edged them out 4-0 to take to take the season set count 3-2. Unfortunately, they wouldn't end up losing to Jones County 5-0 and be runners up in the state championship. What a season, man! Like you gotta, you gotta give a lot of props to them in that core. But before we do, I believe you did talk. I believe you did talk to Coach Williamson about the season, right? Um, I feel like, for the most part, yes, we did. I mean, early on, midway through the season, we had some games where we had some some letdowns. Didn't play our best softball, but you know, we we always preached to him that anything can happen um, as long as you're hanging around at the end of the season. And we just uh, said we got hot at the right time. Everybody started playing well, and, and, and so. Um, but yeah, there's always things you can look back and wish you would have done differently. And, but thankfully, most of those things were earlier in the year when it didn't really matter. And um, when it did matter, we played pretty good, pretty good ball. And who's the surprise player of the season? Who shocked you overall? I think Sydney Blair had a real good. I think she batted over 400 during the state tournament. Um, you know, and that's good production out of the two hole. Um, Lauren Jolie, Lily, obviously pitching. Um, she she really. I don't think we realized she could be that good as she was down the stretch. Um, and then Ashley Sykes, she's overlooked uh, as a catcher. Um, doesn't always have the greatest arm throwing down the second, but just the fact that she can catch Lily, because we have other couple other catchers that, that can't catch her. Um, just knowing when you get that third strike that the catcher's going to be able to hold on to it and not drop the ball and allow runners to get on, um, that, that's, really, that's really big. I guess, I don't know if I'd call it a surprise, but she did a great job for us. That's great. And your seniors, seniors, Lauren Flanders, Jilly Lester, feelings about losing these two next year and how they impacted the team for this year and future. Yeah, they um, are just great ball players. Um, have done so much with the program for our program, just with the offensively, the offensively, defensively, and then their leadership. I mean, you know, Lauren uh, always. I'd say 50% of the time she's staying after practice to take more ground balls. She's working with the younger players, helping them, you know, become better ball players after practice. Um, you know, so um, uh, they're just both uh, great leaders, great ball players, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be missed next year. And next season, are you looking forward to anything? Even thought about that yet? No, not really. We haven't, I, you know, you always think about it. You always start looking. I guess that's just part of coaching. You always start thinking about the future and who's going to be batting where in the lineup, you know, who's going to be playing what position. Um, so, you know, once again, losing Lauren and Joe Lee, we lose the whole left side of the infield, so we've got to replace that. We've got to replace the leadoff and the three-hole hitter. Um, but as, I mean, as long as we've got um, Lily pitching well, as long as she stays healthy, 
she's going to keep us in most ball games. There might be a lot of 1-0, 2-1, 3-2 ball games, um, but uh, we, we've got the potential to have a, another very successful season. Seriously, what a phenomenal season by them. Um, even though it started started rough, I never, I always believed that they had the pieces there. I mean, it was always there. They had the base running. Let's look at the let's look at these stats real quick. Um, base running, I've I've praised the base running often because it's an, it's an incredible piece of their game. Senior Lauren Flanders and soft and junior Sydney Blair had twenty nine and twenty nine and nineteen stolen bases respectively. That's incredible. And then you also have. And then you also have Jolie Lester. Um, you also have Jolie Lester, um, who's got four hits on the team, and if I'm, she has 16, 36 RBIs leading the team. That is completely insane by her. And for those who who don't know, her final hit in Panther Stadium was a home was a two run home run. What a way to go out! And if you want to talk about runs, this team's got that as well. Again, Lauren Flanders, Sydney Blair, 33 and 32 runs respectively, and that's amazing. Let's talk about Lily Backus real quick. 14 runs, not, and if I'm reading this right, 29 hits, and that does not even get to her pitching. So, let, so before I get into that, I mean, they had everything from top to bottom. They had the running on first, they had the they had solid hitting in mid. And they had reliability at the bottom of the lineup, so they really had everything. What do you th what do you think about that? Uh, me and Coach Williams and Coach Dean, we've had multiple conversations about um, their lineup. But the most impressive and noticeable to the other teams is the speed in the top of the lineup. They, uh, I talked um, to, I want to say, uh, Jolie Lester, or was it Lauren Flanders? Either way. Um, I talked to both of them, and they said they like to mess around starting out the game just to put some fear into the other team to show how fast they actually can be and how good um, they, uh, they really are and how much work they put into it. And we got to give credit to them. They're both playing college softball, which is amazing for them. They... Uh, Lauren Flanders is going to be going to BYU, and Jolie Lester is going to be going to U University of North Georgia. We're going to have to po we're going to have a feature podcast on the two of them soon, and um, we mixed in with some Maggie Spratland. Those seniors were incredible, and they helped push this team to greater and greater heights every single year. And there's not nothing personally. There's nothing but respect I have for those two. They are incredible players, and they deserve every every right to be playing in co playing college ball. However, let's talk about Lily Backus real quick because she's got she's getting in college she's getting in some college ball herself. Recently, she just got she just accepted an offer from the University of North Carolina, her dream school, and that's also a, a podcast we're gonna have soon. Um, let's talk about her stats real quick. She only had 59 hits. Her earned run, run average was only 1.88, and her number of strikeouts for the season. 241. Abby, what was it like seeing seeing Lily throw the ball every day? 241. 241 strikeouts on the season. On the season. Oh, she is amazing. She is unbelievable. She has thrown 
multiple perfect games where she didn't even let them get on the plate. And she, the way she does it, nobody in the um, county compared to her. So congratulations on softball for the phenomenal season, reaching second second place in the state state tournament, and congrats to Lily Bax and Lauren Flanders. Or sorry, Lauren Flanders and Joey Lester for everything we have done. Um, we we're about to head on to football, but unfortunately, Ab Abby and Kylie gotta go. So thank you guys for being part of this episode of Panther Pit as I finish this off. Thank, thank you, you for having us. All right, enjoy yourselves. As it's just me right now, we're gonna finish this podcast on football, and boy. Do I have a lot to tell y'all about? Um, let's start with uh, not. Let's start with the non-region games. We had or not. Sorry, we started with region this past month, and we started with Harris County and Northgate. Both of them were really tight games, but I personally feel like that was only because that the offense was really starting to get is really been trying to get a groove on itself. There have been a lot of mistakes been made. However, they there was a lot of sparks and. I was hope we were hoping that at some point in those two games we'd see something. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. However, we did win. We won 14-10 against Harris County and 10-0 against North against Northgate. So it wasn't completely pretty. It was actually fairly ugly. However, that offense did what it needed to do, and the defense was completely stout. But we'll get to that in a moment. This past week, they played against Griffin, and usually this is a very tightly contested game. It's there's usually a bunch of scoring going on. There's awesome play all around. However, Starsville kind of took control from moment one when the defense really when the defense had a really good first drive, and the offense was able to capitalize out with a quick with a quick touchdown. Throughout that entire time, it was just Stars Mill all game long. Griffin only had two plays that went for 20 or more yards. Two. That is absolutely insane. The offense is really starting to come into its own. We're still seeing a fair amount of mistakes. Not the prettiest of play from the offense. However, they're making more good decisions than they were in the past. Especially, especially sophomore quarterback Will Yarbrough, who's had to take on this helm of being the quarterback and has had two really impressive plays. One, a 47-yard touchdown where he just found an open lane and booked it. And two, another, it was like a 19-yard touchdown where he, saw, where he saw Griffin Rusher, ducked, saw the block, and kept going. But that's enough for me. I, wanted, I want you guys to hear from him. So here's, here's some interview that I had with Will Yarbrough after that game. Uh, yeah, so in the second half, we came back, coaches, you know, teaching us up. Uh, we went over the game plan again, and second half, we kind of executed a little better and came out with the dub. And so, talk, so, when you have, when you, when you continue to build momentum like this and continue on this learning curve, what is this experience like for you as a sophomore quarterback to be at this point and know that... You're making substantial progress. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, starting out, I was a little nervous. I guess I still get a little nervous every game. But once that first first play hits, I'm like, all right, it's time to go. And I don't really see it as like just because I'm young. If I can play, I can play. I'm I'm out there with everyone. And it's it's just easy when you're playing with the whole team. You and you also had a really good amount of big plays for yourself, and that one touchdown. Sick, first of all. Or no, you had two good. 
He had two rushing touch, two big rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Double sick. So, um, what does that mean? For, what is that like for you to be able to, for you yourself, be able to make these big plays? Uh, well, first one, I was just like, all right, well, they got it kind of covered, so I'm gonna just dog it, and it ended up working out. Ended up beating him to the end zone. Then second one. He grabbed my helmet and I was like, uh oh. And then I turned up and Josh took Josh took the defenders to the left and everyone else went to the right, wide open in the middle. So uh, just kind of in the right in the right place at the right time is what it is. So y'all had your second y'all had your second or not your second, your third three touchdown game of the season. A great stepping stone as to what y'all can do. So so how do you so, how do you feel about where you and the offense is at right now? Uh, obviously, we've gotten a little better, but we're still missing these tiny little details that if we just execute these tiny little details, we'll be so much better. And this game, we're, I think we could have scored probably about 35 to 42 points on them if we just this tiny little things. But once we get these tiny little things down, then we'll be fine. We'll have a really strong offense. That being said, as we head into the latter half of region play and into the playoffs, how does this how is this good how does this solid win do what does the solid win do for your mentality and get you ready to get back and improve even more? Uh I don't know, every week you're just planning to improve even more. We just have a simple game plan every week and we go out there and we execute and we'll be fine. The defense once again took care of business and they did so amazingly there was only even though griffin did lead in total yards and time of possession zero points they didn't score a single point even though they were close they did get into the red zone one they did get into the red zone a few times especially and those four those fourth down stands were very nerve-wracking but the defense did put it out and we got to give credit to that deep and I gotta give credit to that defensive line because they showed up and they showed up hard. They blew up the trenches every single play. Whether it was Andreas Mock, the player of the week, or if it was or if it was Cam Jones, or if it was Jackson Baxley, if it was Micaiah Shaber, if it was Darian Doster, any of those guys, they were there ready to blow up the play. They got a lot of tackles for losses, they kept them behind the six, got a good amount of sacks. They really had it all, they really had it in for that. Oh, that Griffin team that night. By the end of the game, Stars Mill won 21-0, and that gives them a 3-0 record in the region, a substantial lead in the region as well. After this game, I did talk to Coach Phillip, Coach Chad Phillips about the game, so here's what he had to say about that. We had a great game plan. We were calling the plays for our kids before they snapped the ball because of the preparation that we had. And Offensively, you can see yards are starting and starting to come out. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon and Gray both had some triple runs right there in the second half, and beginning to a little bit get more, a little bit more comfortable with the Friday night experience. You know, Gray's a sophomore. Brandon really is first time he's really as the starter. You know, as the go-to guy. So uh, I'm happy for the kids. I'm happy for the coaches. And with that, I mean, let's let's kind of start, talk about some major points. Is the defense started to set the tone of the game early, and even though that there was a lot of instances where Griffin was starting to get away, 
they never really lost. They never once lost control, of getting a four shut the four shutout of the year. Tell me how big how big this is for this team to be able to come out and be able to play with that kind of consistency. Well, the defense believes. They really believe now. They can play with anybody, and I believe they can too. Um, we didn't give up a big play. We didn't give up a special team play. We didn't turn the ball over. We're we're starting to get there slowly but surely. We didn't play as well on offense as I would like for us to, but we played well enough against a playoff team again. So it's, it's just I can you can kind of see the confidence growing. Defensively, it's there. And offense is starting to pick it up, and then. Special teams, Connor was a little bit hurt and did a great job with what we asked him to do. Um, Gavin had two big points after he missed the shank point early in the game. But, you know, we got some things we can clean up. That's the encouraging thing. There's some things we can do better. It's even going to make us better. Get with the players, they'll watch the film, they'll say, hey, this is what we need to fix. And then we'll make some subtle adjustments to what we do offensively and defensively and, and just keep working. You know, that's, that's our. That is our core value, is hard work. People we'll come in, and I just told them, I said, we can't slow down. You gotta come in, you gotta keep, keep grinding every single day. So the whole program is built around a superior work ethic, and we're gonna just keep grinding away, and coaches are gonna keep pushing, and you know, hopefully the players will keep you know, moving in the right direction. Thanks, Coach, I appreciate it. All right, man, appreciate you. <laughs> Overall, this team is in a really good spot right now. Like I said, sophomore quarterback Will Yarbrough is getting more and more comfortable. He's getting there close. He's getting more. He's getting better and better by the day, and it's amazing to see that. And then you have then you have junior Brandon Mathis and sophomore Gray Joseph, who have been kind, who have been the dynamic duo for this offense. They've been they've been able to do it all. I mean, they're very well-rounded backs. And they've been, and it showed they've been able to get a good a good amount of yards. Gray's been a, Gray's been a reliable scorer on the goal line. However, we haven't seen a lot of senior Devin Barnett. I couldn't tell you why that is, but he's been more shut. He's been fairly shut down these past few games. We haven't seen a lot of big numbers from him since his really big, his really great opening of the season. Oh, <laughs> since his really amazing first three weeks. He's kind of faded out a bit, bit till then, but me, I'm just waiting until he gets back, gets back to where he was. When we'll see that, I don't know. But you know, I mean, he's been trying to work on get. He's been trying to work on the awareness and moving directions with the ball. However, his top speed is amazing, and he can do a lot with. He has a very good starting point to work with. And the offensive line, oh my gosh, like they are incredible. You have. You have Joseph Rampey, one of the team captains, Dalton Koth, Thompson Cummings, Cole Sanders, V. Holcomb. They're making they are becoming an iron curtain and they they are doing everything they can to back this the greenness on the team and they're doing I think they're doing an amazing job. They have made it very hard for any defensive line th- for any defensive threat to penetrate through the trenches and that is a very important key to their game, and it's been something that's kept kept their offense to this steadily, inc- this steady inclina- inclination of improvement, and it's worked amazing for them. Defense, what do you need me to say? You all know um, the defensive line I already talked about. Amazing that linebacking core with 
that linebacking core with with senior captain Wes Haney and senior Luke Mullins. They're incredible. To, they're two incredible guys that have backed that line amazingly, and they've helped stop. They've helped make several stops. And that secondary, you could argue that that secondary is one of the best, if one of the best in the entire state. They have speed. They have awareness. They have game sense. They have it all. The cornerbacks, Nate Kearns and Jonathan Heigl, amazing. Mark Stampley, Mark Stampley at safety, amazing. Cole Bishop, amazing. And while we're on that topic, Cole Bishop, for those of those of you who did not know, recently decommitted from 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 Duke with the intention that he wanted to play safety in high in college instead of linebacker. He did have a lot of options, and this past week he ultimately decided that he wanted to go to the University of Utah. I stopped him a while back, a few days ago, and asked him of why he made that decision. And here's what he had to say: uh, I have a really good relationship with the safeties coach there. They have a really good business school there, which I'm big into, the academics and everything. And then it's a really good football team over there, and it's a cool city. Really, those are the main things that went into it, and I feel like they can develop me the best. Congratulations to Cole Bishop, man! You've earned every single. You've earned every single penny of that scholar of that offer. So, I mean, best of luck to what you do here. However, we still have a lot to go. And we still have a lot to go. And that defense and you and that and Bishop and that entire defense knows that there is way more that needs to be done because they have been unstoppable. They have only allowed 7.3 points per game. Amazing. And paired with that and how the offenses continue to progress, they're just getting better and better every single week. And I cannot wait to see what happens in this latter half. Fortunately, the more easier te- the easier teams in the region are the, la- are the last half. However, Whitewater, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Whitewater is 2-1. They have had two blowouts against, with an asterisk, um, Northside and McIntosh. But they and they almost beat Griffin. So with that, I don't really know what. Why I, I can't really tell you what Whitewater is going to bring to the table. But it's going to be a lot, and it's it's going to be very interesting to see. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens in that game. But for the but if they win that and they win against McIntosh the week after, the region is theirs, and that's gonna that is going to be something that is going to really be something to lift their spirits. They'll be able to have a lot of momentum going into the playoffs. They'll have a one seed. It's gonna be it's gonna mean everything that they win these next two games. But we're gonna have to see what happens. Real quick, I'm gonna look at winter. Just gonna remind everybody that we do have winter sports coming up. Uh, cheerleading was moved to winter, and they're having their first competition at Putnam County. So, best of luck to them there. Basketball. Both teams have just finished. Both finished tryouts, and they're really starting practice now. Swim, starting practice, and they have a meet this Friday. So, winter sports is really starting to come into the mix with football, and I'm very excited to see what that brings. And hopefully, I can bring to you that on. I can bring to you that all. All I can bring you all of this on the next episode of Panther Pit, which hopefully isn't too, which hopefully isn't as long as it took for the other two episodes to come out. And that's all I got. Um, if you want a quick rundown on some of this fall, on these some of these fall sports, read the Prowler. We have two coaches' corners from Coach Williamson and Coach Flowers that are on the Prowler right now for your viewing. We have analysis, we have coverage, we have interviews. We're doing it all right now, and it's amazing. And it's amazing. 
that's all I got from myself. Unfortunately, Appy and Kylie had to leave early. So from myself and those two, I'm Daniel Sackhouse. Thank you for listening. Go Panthers. Go Panthers.